0: Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Then he then go on the radio again. Yo! If you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself. Make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself.
1: Go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to Episode 74 of Grow Bud Yourself Podcast. We got a great show for you guys today. We have a special guest, Christina DePachi. She's the founder and CEO of Paradiso Gardens in California. A grow segment featuring grow tip on getting rid of snails and slugs in the garden, as well as listener grow Q&A. So please stick around. Episode 74, sponsored by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Rocket seeds and organic rev growth stimulant coming at you. Hey, so if you're looking to grow healthier, faster growing plants and increase your yields, organic rev is the answer. Rev is safe to use from seed through harvest, and its active ingredients are 100% naturally occurring. Rev is a growth stimulant, not a nutrient. Simply adding REV to your current regimen can deliver dramatic results. And because it's not a nutrient, REV can't burn your plants. Growers turn to REV to increase fertilizer efficiency, improve their nutrient uptake and the root zone development, stimulate seed germination, reduce transplant shock, and more. On a personal note, I've been using REV and it works great. My plants absolutely love it and they respond immediately by greening up and looking healthy and strong. And now, our listeners can receive 10% off their first order of Organic Rev with the promo code GBY10. That's good for 10% off your entire purchase at Organic Rev. So head to OrganicRev.com GBY10 and find out what Rev can do for your plants. All right, welcome back, and this is episode 74. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Please follow them on all the uh, music-following things, Spotify's, YouTubes, Twitches, and whatnot. I don't know what's out there. TikTok, uh, you know, PayPal. <laughs> Yes. Now Get I'm them on going. PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Organic Rev, our sponsor, uh, is still running the pr- uh, promo for a free four-ounce bottle of Organic Rev growth stimulant. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling, and you can make up to four gallons of powerful organic growth stimulant. Check them out or at OrganicRev.com slash GBY10. We hope you guys will try it out. It works with any uh, nutrient system. So give it a try. You can try it for free. Just pay for the shipping and handling, five bucks, and uh, tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And it's episode 74. I looked that up. Uh, it's the number that's between 73 and 75. So okay. uh, it's yeah, got that going for it. It's good. also the number yeah. of people who were in the presence of God on Mount Sinai in Exodus. Uh, and they saw God without dying. It's interesting because usually uh-huh. people's faces fry uh, when they see God. As far as I can tell from they do. Well, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they open the ark, isn't that God coming out of there and burning yeah. off the guy's face?
0: Would anybody who sees God melts? That's the uh, that's the yeah, message. he's that... like
1: Medusa. He's like a well-meaning Medusa, I guess, of some sort. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it wasn't God. Maybe it was like demons that were held inside the ark. Yeah, I, I think don't it was think, God, though. I think you're not supposed you to look God at God. You think God was in the box? I think, think you're, you're not Nazis supposed to look? look at God. At least the I've Old, never the heard old heard Testament God, the vengeful Old Testament God. I think I the New Testament God, you can, you can you can look at him as long as you got, like, shades on or something.
0: Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so this is Grow Bud Yourself, which is a marijuana podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, I mean, yeah. also under the influence of marijuana. So, yeah. you know, it's got that going
0: for it. We have a, a separate theological podcast you guys can subscribe to. But uh, but we're going to talk about we Staring today. at God is what it's called. Don't. Don't do it. You'll melt. Um, yeah, so uh, this is Mike G. That's Danny Danko. And this is episode 74 of Grow Bud Yourself. And uh, yeah, we have some news stuff. You actually had a couple of, uh, of things that you saw of interest, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it was interesting to see... Uh the GQ cover story on Will Smith, he talks about, uh, doing ayahuasca. Uh, and it's pretty interesting. I guess he was, uh, looking to find himself, I think, uh, feeling some depression, uh, maybe just needing that, uh, that type of a thing to happen. But the quote, uh, basically Mm -hmm. he traveled to Peru for more than a dozen ayahuasca rituals, even though he'd never even smoked weed and barely drank, uh, And the quote from Will is, this was my first tiny taste of freedom, Smith writes of his first experience. In my 50 plus years on this planet, this is the unparalleled greatest feeling I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty eye-opening that he would do that uh, and, and talk about it so openly as well. I think that's interesting.
0: You had another quote there, didn't you?
1: Well, I sort of rewrote the intro to one of his songs, if you guys want to hear it. Uh, I it goes like this. Uh, now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I dissolved my ego in a country called Peru. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the remix that that's he needs good. to make. And, yeah. and then, you know, it goes on about the experience. I think only he could really elaborate on, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it'd be interesting. And I think, uh, you know, Ego is one of those things that, uh, you know, especially for someone so world famous from such a young age, uh, really builds up and, and needs to sometimes be uh, dissolved in some ways. And I think it's very it, it's brave of him to do it. And it's also even more brave to come out and say he did it because yeah. uh, a lot of people do it and keep it quiet. Uh, but, you know, he's talking about it. And I think that's uh, it's refreshing and uh, good for him. You know
0: yeah i gotta say though uh, this guy he's been world famous since what he was 16 17 very young and uh for this to be the unparalleled greatest feeling that he's had in his entire life that's really saying something when you're will smith if it's me and i'm saying that then it's like <laughs> eh, you know maybe it's good but for will smith to, this is the best feeling he's ever had in his life that is saying something yeah yeah,
1: absolutely. And uh it's an interesting profile. I mean, the whole profile is is interesting, but I found that to be uh very illuminating. I think uh you know, that's quite a revelation to make from someone that famous. Uh and I think it's interesting and 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 like I said, brave.
0: Do you uh, do you remember coming to America the first one? Of course. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite films.
0: I just, I imagine Will Smith's life to be a lot like uh, Eddie Murphy's in that movie where, you know, he has the music playing to gently wake him up and he has the bathers and, you know, so yeah, if this was the the best feeling he's had, then good for him. And uh, like you said, good for him for coming out and, uh, and telling people about it.
1: Yeah, you know, and he also comes clean about like serious issues with depression. And so, you know, it doesn't, it means that money doesn't solve those problems, you know, in some cases it can make them worse and... That's one of the interesting things as well is that, uh, uh, you live a very unusual life when you're, when you're that way. And, and, uh, you got to kind of figure out who you really are, not who you're perceived to be or who you think you are. And I think, you know, it's interesting. He went, he went a long way, uh, to hopefully discovering that. And like I said, dissolving the ego a bit.
0: Uh, yeah. So that was the ayahuasca front. We got some weed stuff to quickly go over here. Um, and it starts with one of those douchey Facebook posts that some police departments feel the need to do even in this day and age when the majority of the public supports legalizing weed and so many states have gone ahead and legalized it. But this this Facebook post comes from the, uh, the Brevard County Sheriff's Department in Florida, and they have a, a photo that accompanies it, ton of weed in the, in the photograph. And uh, the headline says that the uh, Brevard County Sheriff's Office is attempting to return lost items. And they write, If you happen to have lost or misplaced approximately 770 pounds of high-grade marijuana and would like to have your property returned, please contact our narcotics agents and we will be more than happy to reunite you with your lost property. All of us at one point or another in our lives have lost or misplaced something important and are always hopeful that good and kind people will find our lost item and do the right thing by returning it to its rightful owner. Since at the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, we always strive to do the right thing, our narcotics agents are trying to identify the rightful owner of the approximately 770 pounds of marijuana that was seized from a mini-storage facility in Vieira. I mean, trying to identify the rightful owner of the property is the very least we can do, especially since it has a street value of roughly $2 million dollars. So, if the 770 pounds of marijuana belongs to you, all we need you to do is come down to our Criminal Investigative Services building and claim your property with absolutely no strings attached. Once we properly identify you as the rightful owner, we will gladly return your property and also make sure that both you and your property are kept in a secure area so that no one can try to rip you off. In fact, we are so excited to return something this valuable to its rightful owner that we are also going to throw in an all-expenses-paid extensive staycation so that you can reflect for a while on exactly how much your lost property means to you. And that is signed, Sheriff Wayne Ivey.
1: Wow. Hardy-har is all I can say. I mean, (laughs) the fact that they have time to make these snarky announcements and- Meanwhile, you know, there's murders going on and all kinds of violent acts. And these guys have time, uh, you know, to, to to craft their comedic masterpiece mm-hmm. of, uh, of snarky material, you know, and, and put that out on social media and all of that. I think that's just such a waste of taxpayer money, waste of time, waste of energy. And it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not even funny. I mean, it's one thing, you know... Uh, I don't know. It's just...
0: It's been done.
1: It's been done, and it's been done better by other departments in ways. And uh, I just think it's, you know, it's time for these guys to, like, grow up and, like, you know, you serve the community. You protect us from criminals, all right? You don't protect us from something we want to put in our bodies. that's That's not what we want. We want you to protect us from people who wish to do us harm. Uh, physically, you know, financially, that sort of thing, you know, like what you signed up for, not like making fun of stoners and like ridiculing someone who just potentially, you know, is in a very precarious situation that lost a ton of money and, uh, you know, has to answer for it. And now, you know, you're making jokes about it. And I think it's just, it's just ill-advised and stupid and, uh, that's my, that's my take on the, on all that, I, you know, it's like just give up on 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 the weed thing. Let it go and right. and focus on crime. Real crime. Please.
0: Please for all of our sakes. Yeah, yeah.
1: respectfully. Fo- just focus on real crime, please. Violent crime, financial crime, robberies, rapes, murders.
0: The thing please. that that's so hilarious to me about it is if this was an actual crime that anybody cared about the the sheriff's office wouldn't be busting chops on social media, you know? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's obvious that everyone views this as a waste of time, except they're serious about arresting people for it, so drives me a little crazy. Yeah, and don't worry. We'll grow more. <laughs> Signed, Danny Danko. Um, okay, yeah, so that was something from Sheriff Wayne Ivey of uh, the Brevard County Sheriff's Office. Maybe you want to send him a Facebook message also. Um... Just one other thing we should probably talk about real quick before we get into the meat of the show is that uh, there really is a bit of a, I don't know, a push. Uh, marijuana is having its moment right now, and uh, the the Democratic-controlled Senate, even though they won't allow a vote on uh, cannabis banking to go through, they they very much are trying to get cannabis legalized, in this case decriminalized, because... Senators Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker have now called on Attorney General Merrick Garland to decriminalize cannabis. And the idea here is that the Attorney General can start a process where he deschedulizes cannabis. Now, there's some disagreement with what power the attorney general actually has to do this. Essentially, at the very least, they can request a scientific review from the um, Health and Human Services and theoretically then move cannabis to a different schedule or take it off the CSA. But Again, there's some debate about how much power the attorney general actually has to do that, but it is encouraging. It's like a multi-front attack right now. So there's, there's legislation that's being debated. Now they're, they're moving with the attorney general. It's something that I'm happy to say they are giving a lot of attention to right now.
1: Yeah, and I also noticed that uh, a uh, former U.S. attorney general uh, also said that U.S. is on the path to federal marijuana decriminalization. Uh, and that was Holder, Eric Holder. So it does seem like, uh, there's some of, somewhat of a concerted effort to keep this in the news and, and, uh, you know, maybe they're hoping this helps in the midterms. I would, I would imagine that it would. Uh, so I'd love to see it and I'd love to see, uh, some, some serious progress made on, uh, and certainly not, uh, rescheduling to two, three, or anything else. I mean, just take it off the schedule, uh, put it where it belongs, uh, with the natural healing herbs uh, that are available. And, uh, and there you have it. I mean, I think it's pretty simple. But you're right, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of buzz in the news about this. And uh, hopefully, that just uh, means we're moving forward. And, you know, even on a local level, you know, for New York, which I know we talk about a lot, but the New York uh, Cannabis Control Board met for the first time. And it's just an example of the governor uh, making it a priority, uh, the current governor, Hochul, uh, making it a priority over the the past governor who basically just used it to get uh, his bad news off the front page. <laughs> so uh, progress is happening. It's all way too slow for me and for us, but uh, we're moving along and hopefully – Uh, it'll continue to progress the way it should.
0: So uh, that's a little bit of what's going on in the world of cannabis news, but we have a great show, great cultivation segment, and also a really exciting interview coming up. Yes, indeed. Uh, We have Christina DiPacci.
1: She's the co-founder and CEO of Paradiso Gardens, uh, who's going to talk about what it's like to run uh, one of California's largest independent craft cannabis farms, um, in particular maintaining quality when you're scaling up and, uh, Um, You know, why greenhouses are definitely part of the future of large-scale cannabis cultivation. Uh, So, yeah, I think without further ado, we should uh, take a break and come back with Christina. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered you can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the fortnight. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out RocketSeeds.com today and get growing. All right, welcome back uh, to Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great guest for you guys this week. Uh, we are speaking with Christina Depachi. She is the founder and CEO of Paradiso, um, as well as Caliber, and uh, um, these are it's one of the largest independent craft cannabis farms in California, and one of the few that's uh, woman owned and run. So, uh, Christina, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, no, we appreciate uh, you being on the show. And I, I guess, you know, for the people who might not know, introduce yourself and and just, I guess, let them know um, how you got interested in cannabis and then, you know, how your journey began to being in charge of one of the largest independent craft cannabis farms in California.
2: Well, yeah, um, I don't think I can go into too many detail or I'll take up the entire time with the, <laughs> the story. Uh, but You know, uh, I have two other co-founders in this company, and we all grew up in New York. And we got into cannabis at a pretty young age, just smoking. And where we grew up was pretty cannabis friendly. And we ended up doing what they now refer to as distribution. (laughs) And um, you know, we were watching a MSNBC episode, and on it, there's a grower up in the Emerald Triangle, and he was like, pounds are twenty five hundred dollars like what and within you know a few months we were out in California and soon after we started cultivating up in Humboldt um, under the medicinal kind of rules we had a delivery service out of Berkeley for a few years and in 2016 um, we came down to Monterey County and we started um, large-scale cultivation which took up a tremendous amount of time and so it's our main focus at this point
1: yeah, I mean, it uh, 200,000 square foot uh, footprint uh, of greenhouses, I, I believe, mostly.
2: Yeah, all greenhouses. Um, and we put in row lights throughout the entire facility. So we like to say it's sun-grown indoor or sustainable indoor. Um, right. We really utilize both because we consider ourselves very high quality.
1: Yeah, so you have supplemental lighting and I'm sure uh, the ability to do light deprivation as well. Um, now, uh, that's, the garden is in Salinas, right?
2: Yes. We're right on the outskirts of Salinas. Uh, it's only approved to be in these greenhouses in Monterey County.
1: Right. And, and that's really kind of like where a lot of, uh, vegetables and leafy greens and things come from for pretty much the entire country, right?
2: Absolutely. We're surrounded by broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, peas, lettuce, and strawberry fields, um, and so we're kind of the minority of um, of ag here because it's thousands of acres of vegetable production, particularly strawberries. I think it's something like ninety percent of the strawberries come from this area. Wow! For the rest of the states.
1: And, and what are some of the challenges of growing cannabis in greenhouses in that area?
2: Um, they so in this area the main way of um, applying pesticides is through helicopters, and so what that really that really affects us through drift, and um, so sometimes and because we're so heavily tested uh, parts per billion, <laughs> uh, we sometimes uh, it's mostly in our trim and our concentrates where you'll start you'll start to see that, and so we've had to make. Know, pretty drastic changes where i have cameras on all of our neighboring fields <laughs> and so whenever they spray we button up our greenhouses um you know and prior to to cannabis um, these were all cut flower and so cut flower deals with the same thing where there's heavy pesticide application and so the soil that we grow in, uh, the soil beneath our greenhouses is you know Pretty contaminated, and so we've had to do massive amounts of remediation. um, And right now, we grow out of pots to pretty much avoid that and ensure a pretty safe, clean product.
1: Wow, that's that's interesting. And I mean, at two hundred thousand square feet, that just sounds like a a lot uh, to manage, uh, as far as you know, controlling the environment. And then you you know, on top of that, you have the added uh, you know potential drift from these other uh, gardens around you or, you know, actually big agricultural farms. Um, So that's Paradiso, but you also have Calibre, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like the farm that grows for Paradiso, right?
2: Yeah. So Calibre is the actual like license holding entity. And so it is, it's, who actually employs all the employees here, um, it's the farm, right? And we have Paradiso is a consumer-facing brand. We also have Dovetail, which is another consumer-facing brand that we um, kind of package our stuff into.
1: Right. And you guys um, take uh, efforts to be very sustainable and uh, ecologically friendly. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how that's done on, on, a, on a large scale?
2: absolutely so with our track and trace system you kind of see metric right and the amount of plant tags that we have to use is it's atrocious and those are non-recyclable things and so we have these things that being part of California we're supposed to be on the leading edge and we have so many regulations to create a better and more sustainable earth for everyone and then you have these blatant contradictions and so kind of witnessing that on a day-to-day basis has really motivated us to kind of go above and beyond what you know and just try to try to be as sustainable as possible. And what we've chosen to tackle is our packaging. And there's really, you know, pretty um, there's a good amount of regulation surrounding packaging of cannabis in California. And so with Dovetail we've committed the entire line is um, either recyclable or compostable. And so we have our jars that our eights come in are completely compostable and will degrade in about eight months. And um, our pre-roll joints come in a little baggy that's compostable and, you know, a tin package. That's also recyclable. Um, Paradisa will be there beginning at the, the beginning of the year um, as well, but that's one of the low hanging fruit and uh, that we've decided to tackle.
1: Yeah. And also, um, you know, you guys uh, have like predatory insects and also uh, companion planting. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you incorporate those into into the garden?
2: Absolutely. So in order to create really clean product um, and not use any pesticides or anything like that, we've chosen to approach our grow method with a, a one of creating more diversity and so we have a diversity of the plants that we grow here. We have a little pepper garden. It's so adorable. Um, but throughout the facility, we have inner crops of marigold, of chamomile, of alyssum, things that are not only beautiful, but they really attract bugs to live with these plants. Um, and every week we release a certain amount of predatory bugs as well to kind of minimize the the damaging bugs that we have, and so the more that we can increase diversity within our space, the less amount of pests and mold, and you know those kind of issues that we have to deal with. It also makes it look beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think you know you guys take um, special care to make sure um, that the even though you know you're producing a lot of uh, cannabis flowers that um, they're cultivated with care. And I, I, you know, um, tell me a little bit about like your harvesting process as far as, you know, curing and trimming and drying and all of that.
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, it's how to how to be a a careful and a thoughtful cultivator when you're dealing with five acres. And um, every two weeks in our production, every two weeks, we're harvesting about 10,000 plants. And so that is a tremendous amount on any scale you know to, to work with um, and it's really taken a few years to dial in that process so that we can not only have consistency and I'd say before we even harvest we do a very thorough de leafing process um, and that just makes sure that we can really see the nugs they're they're going to dry in a more uniform way um, we've built out you know our, our dry room and we kind of, depending on what time of year it is, um, but we try to stabilize it and push the drying so that the the buds really get a a good amount of moisture soaked into them from the from the stems. Everything is is done with a careful touch. In Paradiso jars, you won't find any small nugs there. Those are all just you know really really great A. In dovetail, I can't promise you that, but I can promise you minimal smalls because <laughs> I have to go somewhere. Um, but yeah, we just try to create a very honest product that is consistent, so that people know what to expect with us.
1: Yeah, and um, you, it's also even at two thousand pounds of flour each month, you're still hand trimming uh, all of that flour as well. Um, that's got to involve <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of hands and 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 fingers. But um, you're growing. Uh, more than 40 different strains. And and uh, are you involved also in the process of like pheno hunting uh, for new varieties and that sort of thing or finding, um, you know, the variety that you guys uh, want to grow uh, in future harvests?
2: Great question. Um, it's a yes and no answer. Um, and so we've definitely done pheno hunts where we've we worked through maybe a hundred different varieties and you end up choosing one or two We've done that with Grandi Flora um, genetics. They are my favorite. Um, and at this point, what we do is we get maybe three or four genetics um, that are already been phenol hunted from. We've been doing this with Sea Junkie a lot. Um, and then we just choose the one that we particularly like the most for our particular brand and environment, et cetera. Um, but I would say strain hunting is one of my, uh, favorite parts of this job at this point. (laughs) And it's super fun. I even, um, you know, it's something as, as silly as like Cushman's or something. Uh, it's a pretty popular strain right now, but I'll pull it from like anybody who I know who has Cushman's. I'm like, can I get a cut? Can I get a cut? And I just trial it out to, you know, you really want to have a winning, a winning, uh, you know, of the variety that you're growing. It makes all the world the difference.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, now tell me a little bit about your partners, your co-founders, um, and sort of what, what their roles are as well in, uh, in the company.
2: Sure. Um, so Zach is mostly in charge of quality and sales. And so he's been, you know, super phenomenal because he's always the squeaky wheel. If, if we ever uh, misstep in our post-production process. Um, so he's really awesome. And then Emiliano is here more on the day-to-day working in our actual greenhouses. Um, and so he's phenomenal. He thinks that they, uh, in a very different way than I do. And so we all tend to balance each other out um, and complement our, our strengths. So it's really... They're pretty awesome.
1: That's really great. Um, Now, can you also let people know how they can find out more about um, Paradiso and follow you guys on social media and also find out where they can find your products in California?
2: Absolutely. So our um, Instagram handle is at paradiso.gardens. All of our stores are located on our saved stories. You can also find our stores on our store locator from our website which is simply Paradisogardens.com.
1: Nice now approximately how many people are involved in you know running a 200,000 square foot greenhouse facility? Uh, I would imagine you know there's, there's probably dozens of people involved in that.
2: Dozens and dozens. We have 125 people here every day.
1: <laughs> wow and there's, so there's people in the grow, there's people uh, harvesting, there's people trimming Uh, there's people basically doing all the different tasks.
2: Exactly. So our nursery team is maintaining our mothers, taking clones, all that, um, you know, really incubating. Right. Um, And then we have a transplant team. We move our plants. So as we harvest every two weeks, we need to fill that space. And so we're moving 10,000 plants into our cultivation areas every um, two weeks. And our harvest team, which is pretty big, that's one of the most labor intensive. Um, and then once it's dry to, to process it, that our whole warehouse is, it's where the majority of our people are. And we also, we make pre-rolls on site, so We have a pre-roll team, we have a packaging team, we have a sales team. And then, you know, those are people who are really connected with the plant. And in addition to that, we have an accounting team <laughs> and then we have a sales team and brand ambassador teams who are out in the field.
1: Wow. That sounds incredible. Um, And you mentioned that the plants are all in containers. Uh, Are they hand watered or how how does that? No,
2: no, no, no. Automated. Um, We actually, uh, it is automated. And we we actually made custom um, drip tape. And so what you see out in the field, the broccoli field and strawberry fields, is they all use this like drip tape. And I was like, wow, that's really amazing. Um, because before we were using emitters and, and you know, spaghetti line to kind of water and they get clogged very easily. And so it becomes this, this big hassle because out of your row that has 900 plants, five of the plants are turning brown because their emitters are clogged. So you end up going in, in circles there. Um, so we custom made drip tape. Um, that's the right kind of pressure and flow for us. And we haven't looked back since.
1: Wow. Well, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. A sustainable grow at 200,000 square feet, which is pretty amazing. I think uh, it's really important that as, you know, cannabis growers scale up into these larger facilities that they're taking advantage of uh, sunshine when they've got it, you know, and able to supplement when they don't and able to also uh, use light depth, you know, techniques as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think You know, greenhouses are the future for sure, because I think you get the best of both worlds in a way, you know, uh, the environmental control of indoor along with, you know, obviously the free sunshine when you've got it. And I think, you know, where you guys are, you probably get a lot of uh, sun as well. I mean, it's really the the breadbasket of of America. Right. (laughs)
2: Exactly yes we have we have plenty of sunshine. We have a cool breeze that the air gets pulled in from Monterey Bay into the Salinas Valley, and so that's actually the dynamic of the sunshine but actually relatively chilled air that allows for really good cannabis production but also really good uh, vegetable production.
1: That's great um now, on a personal level um are you a, are you a medicinal cannabis user is it a a recreational thing like what's your your take on, uh, on your personal consumption?
2: That, the line is blurred. <laughs> <laughs> um, my preferred method of consumption is edibles. And I really actually like taking them in the morning um, with coffee. I think that for me, it allows me to, no matter what happens in the, as structured as my day can be, uh, there's often things that pop up mm-hmm. and, having like a little bit of THC flowing through the system allows like a sensitive, compassionate, clear way. Um, and, and mostly it, it allows me to not get too stressed and not act out of that stressor, um, kind of mentality. So that, I, I guess that's kind of recreational, but it's kind of. <laughs>
1: <original>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Dennis prone said that all use is medical in a way I think, you know, that makes sense. Uh, you know, because stress is obviously one of the biggest, uh, you know, factors in disease and, and just in in not even disease, but also just in not having a great day, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you know, if cannabis can improve that, then that's certainly medical. Um, and what about as far as climate change? Uh, have you guys been affected by, you know, uh, climate change and also, you know, the fires, I guess, as a factor of that as well?
2: yeah um well, to start with the fires, one of the beauties of being in surrounded by agricultural fields is that they have irrigation surrounded by us. So we are in a in a valley where um, this year's been very good for fires. we have very little, if any, smoke. Um, so that that's been really great. Last year, we had a fire on either side of us and and so even though we could see it burning and we could see the smoke because we're in the valley and we have that airflow coming through, we actually were below the smoke line. And so we weren't affected by that. And it was next to impossible to even reach us because there's thousands of acres that just are flat, clear and irrigated. And so that was like a really, I was praying to the, I don't know, the cannabis gods that (laughs) we're in good position. We are well positioned in the event of a fire. Um, as far as climate change, I think one of the biggest ways we were affected this year is the issue of drought. And so what has happened is our uh, we're on well water. And because I think the reserve of, of the well, the water in the water table, it didn't get like diluted this year. It's more concentrated. And so we've had to work with remediation methods of um, it's just more concentrated from the big acts. There's a lot of like nitrate and salts and things like that in there. Yeah.
1: Now, most of our listeners are home growers, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and having made the transition from, you know, uh, smaller grows and scaling up. What are what are your um, biggest sort of takeaways for for going from, you know, uh, a smaller farm in Humboldt County to 200,000 square feet in Salinas?
2: That's a great question. And uh, we've actually we've I very much learned the hard way. Um, (laughs) And so I, I, one of the biggest differences is at this point, I'm barely touch plant touching. And so even though I am the main person with the grow philosophy and, you know, guiding everyone, but it's, it's really, how do you train so many people to see what you see when you see a plant? And so there's so many things that I, I just realized, you know, they kind of are screaming that they're thirsty, but to tell someone feed them when they look thirsty is not like a, an actual thing. So, um, you have to just really get out of your own mind and be like, how can I communicate this? So all different types of people can understand what they're trying, understand what you're trying to do. Um, we had an, an issue on our trim floor today and I was like, you know, when the, when the bud is round and looks really nice, we, you know, and, and then I was like, what am I saying? <laughs> And so you kind of have to take a moment and, and really be able to train people because that's the whole thing about scale.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Christina Depache is the founder and CEO of uh, Paradiso in California. If you guys want to learn more, please go to paradisogardens.com or follow them on Instagram at paradiso.gardens. Uh, thank you very much, Christina, for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been really fun.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot. And uh, we will be back after these messages with more Grow Bud Yourself. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf plant nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. So check them out at SweetLeaf.com. That's S U I T E L E A F dot com. The code Danko fifteen gets you fifteen percent off everything at Sweetleaf. That's fifteen percent off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon. You'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. All Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DENKO15. hey all right welcome back and uh yeah thank you to christina for the interview uh interesting stuff and uh always good to learn about uh big grows and how they can be more sustainable and and uh still produce a quality product so thank you to christina from uh paradiso check them out paradisogardens.com also our advertiser uh you just heard from uh also has a great deal for this october an exclusive new product drop Just for Grow Bud Yourself podcast members, uh, people who join our Patreon, uh, get a free 32-ounce bottle of Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients' newest organic liquid fertilizer product, the Crazy K005, uh, which is a potassium booster uh, perfect for late stage hydroponic gardening systems all you have to do is sign up uh, as a big bud or heady chief level supporter on our patreon site you'll get the free 32 ounce bottle along with all the other benefits that you get and please note that all renewing big buds and heady chiefs will also receive that uh, free bottle you want to definitely get that crazy k plus man because it's uh it's great for that late stage end of flowering boost
0: Thank you, Sweet Leaf. Yes, thank you, Christina. And now uh, it is time to enter the cultivation segment. And uh, each week, Dan likes to give a grow tip that's going to help you become a better cultivator. So what are we talking about this week?
1: Yes. So this week, I want to talk about uh, snails and slugs and uh, basically uh, what brings them to your garden and how to get rid of them, uh, because they do uh, a lot of damage. And Um, First off, you know, what is attracting snails to your garden? Uh, Typically, they don't come out in the heat of the sun. So uh, if it's foggy, overcast, rainy days, that's when they come out to feed. Uh, They really can't handle, they they have, you know, that slimy, moist body. So they can't be uh, in the direct sun. Uh, So it's days like that that you really have to worry about. They eat uh, a variety of organic matter. Um, living plants, but as well as uh, decaying wood uh, and all kinds of stuff, basically. But uh, they love cannabis. They also, uh, there's a lot of other plants they're fond of, um, basil, beans, uh, hosta, lettuces, even marigolds, which tend to repel a lot of other pests. Uh, Slugs love them. And all different vegetables as well. Uh, And basically, we're also talking about the, the common brown garden snail. That's like, Um, the slugs that actually have a shell on them Uh, and they cause a lot of damage they're going to definitely reduce your crop yield Uh, they do also spread disease uh, parasitic worms as well as other uh, things that are not so great for pests or people Uh, bottom line they're just gross Um, and they're killing your plants so they got to go there's a number of different things you can do Uh, the simplest thing is just to spread some diatomaceous earth around the plants. That'll definitely discourage them. Uh, they don't like crawling across that sort of thing. Uh, but that's a fairly, uh, you know, that's going to help for a week or two, uh, but also kind of get rained out after a while. Um. One of the best ways to keep them from harming your plants is uh, maintaining a dry top layer of soil. Uh, And, you know, that's by watering from below, uh, either through a wick system or just uh, letting a plant sit in a nutrient solution and and basically wick up itself uh, what it needs. Uh, That helps uh, for container gardening. Um, If it's just in a garden in your yard, uh, you can sink a cup of beer into your soil. Uh, basically leave the rim of the cup at soil level. Uh, The slugs are attracted to that yeast uh, and they're going to drop right into the cup and drown. It's pretty gross and ugly uh, getting rid of them after that, but at least they're not killing your plants. I don't really recommend uh, slug and snail killing products uh, like deadline and sluggo is kind of a safer alternative if you have pets, but still uh, you know, if you got to get nuclear, You know, that's a product that you put, you spread around a foot or so in diameter around the base of young plants. uh, And then every like couple weeks, three to four weeks after that, Uh, there's bait that you can use. I mean, uh, I like the beer thing just because that's a time-tested home remedy. Uh, They're attracted to the yeast and they just fall right in. Uh, And that's pretty effective. But again, just like the uh, other ways uh, over time it starts to be less of a barrier and a repellent um like i said there's also the copper uh copper they don't like to cross uh so you can put copper fragments or have uh copper uh tubing around plants they don't they don't like crossing it for some weird reason i guess it creates electric shock um and then anything that's kind of coarse that's why the diatomaceous earth works because it even if it doesn't kill them uh, it slows them down because they're, they're wary of crossing things that are coarse like that. Um, so ground-up eggshells, uh, sandpaper, uh, lava rock, um, even coffee grounds they don't like. So there's a lot of different ways to get rid of them. Uh, and there's even predators that you can use. Obviously, uh, chickens, geese, ducks, um, that they'll eat slugs all day long. And uh, you'll get real tasty eggs out of them, too. So that's a nice, effective, eco-friendly way. Uh, And then you've also got the benefit of having chicken, geese, and ducks. You just got to uh, contain them properly because if you have any kind of predators, uh, foxes, or anything else around, they will attack those chicken, geese, and ducks. Um, There's also plants that snails don't like. Uh, So if you're doing companion planting, things like hostas, lavender, uh, rosemary, Nasturtium, which spread pretty quickly. Geraniums. Uh, a lot of the aromatics, uh, for, for whatever reason, the uh, snails don't like them. Uh, some people pour salt and stuff on them. I don't like that. Uh, it does kill the snails, but it also puts salt into your environment, which we already have way too much of, uh, as well as all the pesticides and chemicals. So I like the natural ways to get rid of them. Uh, one last tip uh, for outdoor gardens and getting rid of them is is instead of watering later in the day, uh, water in the morning. And, uh, you know, because they like to come out when the sun's down um, and when it's moist. So if it's, if you make it that way in the morning and the sun's coming up, uh, they're less likely to come out uh, and feed on your plants. But if you water later and the sun goes down, you're encouraging them to come out at that point. So I uh, hope that helps you out with the slugs and snail situation. And uh, that's the grow tip for this week's episode.
0: All right. Excellent. Yes. Get those disease spreading, disgusting snails and slugs out of your garden. Get them, get them drunk with the beer. I like that one. That's a good tip. Uh, that was the grow tip for episode 74. And now it is time to take some questions from our listeners. Uh, if you have a question that you would like answered, uh, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say? Let's jump right in. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, maybe you remember last week, Arthur from New Zealand wrote in, and he told us uh, that he listened to all of the Grow Bud Yourself episodes in a week's time, which is, which is incredible, considering uh, we're up to 73. So he wrote in a, a little follow-up, and he says... uh I'm a dairy farmer and I listen to the podcast while working. I start at 5 a.m. and I finish at 7 p.m. So I have a lot of time to listen. I'm on Free Weed 101 at the moment. Um, So that's how it's possible to listen to all the Grow Bud Yourself pods in a week. He also says he really enjoyed the panel podcasts. So there you go, Arthur from New Zealand. Wow,
1: cheers to that, man. That is hard work. Start at 5 a.m., finish at 7 p.m., being a dairy farmer, man, I, I respect that so much. And uh, I hope the, uh, the farming is prodigious and uh, the dairy is flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's working out well because that sounds uh, like a lot of work. And uh, hopefully there's some, you know, uh, some ways that even being a dairy farmer can actually really benefit you with cannabis farming as well. I mean, having access to all of that cow manure is amazing. Uh, it's a really wonderful additive uh, to compost and to soil, and you know, just even bone and blood meal. If if that's you know if, if that's something that uh, you're interested in using, it contains a lot of uh, you know nitrogen and and other beneficial nutrients, obviously because it's bone and blood. Uh, but some people are against that, so keep that in mind. You know, veganic growing doesn't have animal materials, uh, even poops actually, like like guanos and things. So. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Arthur. Cheers. And, uh, thanks for the support and thanks for listening. And I uh, hope you hear this and enjoy, uh, the mention and you're out in the field, uh, with your cows doing, doing some farming. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, indeed. I'm glad that, uh, well, I hope that we can make the long work day a little more tolerable. So thanks for listening. Let's go to Dr. Octopot. And he writes, uh, I have what some might call a high class problem. I grow my plants in 5-gallon buckets and vegetate them out for 6 weeks before I start flowering. By the time I'm ready to harvest, the plants are over 4 feet tall with multiple branches. The only problem is that many of the branches sag and droop from the weight of the buds. What's the best way to keep them closer to the lights? What would you say to Dr. Octopot?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the first way I would say is, is uh, you know, just to kind of beat them up as they're in the veg stage a lot and uh, maybe do some topping and things like that. That'll definitely make them a little, uh, a little thicker and able to support themselves. Uh, But, you know, other than that, if you just want to keep growing the way you're growing and uh, not really changing that up, uh, you can use a simple trellis system, uh, which I prefer uh, to actual individual stakes. I just think it's less, less work uh, because with stakes, you're basically staking up one or two branches at a time and uh if you've got a kind of a trellis system uh you can stick up a bunch at once and uh hopefully it's not a pain in the butt to deal with when it comes time to harvest either um, so you can use string or rope and create kind of an interlocking mat um with you know four or five inch holes that i prefer that to also to like chicken wire which has much smaller holes again because it's such a pain to harvest after so um with uh, you know holes between the ropes at like five inches by five inches or six by six or so um there's plenty of space to put branches in there without them clump- clumping up against each other um and you want to safely secure that uh at canopy level above your plants during the veg stage let the branches grow up into it train them uh you know into the unpopulated holes so if there's like Two and one or two heading for one hole, you know, divert one of them to the other hole so they kind of fill uh, the area and take advantage of all the light. Um, and eventually that'll keep them, you know, pointed upward towards your lights. You won't have to worry about the sagging colas. Uh, and it is important because the more light they get at canopy level, the bigger your yield is going to be at the end and you want to reach the full potential. So I would say um, a trellis system is your best Bet And some there's places you can even buy uh, trellis systems that work with five-gallon buckets. Um, And so each one has its own system, and you can move the plants around and things, uh, which you can't do if you do it uh, throughout your whole canopy. So you can do canopy-sized trellising, or you can do individual plant trellising, but that will definitely keep your buds from sagging.
0: All right. Fill multiple holes, Danny says. Thank you. uh I don't know if I put it quite that way, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's take a question from Dan. A hm. uh, different Dan. He writes, uh, Hey guys, quick question about drying and humidity. I live in Arizona and we typically have pretty dry air in October. You mentioned the humidity should be around 50% in the drying room. So should I buy a humidifier? Do I use it from day one, the cutting and hanging part of the process? So what what, what do you say to Dan?
1: Yeah, so I would say... You definitely need to purchase a humidifier for your drying room if the humidity is less than 40 percent uh if your buds dry out too quickly they're going to taste harsh they're not going to burn properly uh you definitely want that slower drying process it really allows the chlorophyll to break down uh, improves the final product uh, immensely so uh, and use the humidifier right from day one Uh, you just want to keep that humidity around 50%. The plant is giving off humidity as well. So uh, keep that in mind. If it gets up to like, you know, 60, 70, or whatever, turn your humidifier off. Uh, But make sure to use a humidistat. Uh, Maintain the level where you want them. You don't want a lot of fluctuation. Uh, Even though the plants are giving off a lot of moisture, uh, you want to dial in that level and really try to keep it right at 50%. And temperature as well. I mean, you don't want high temps. I know Arizona is hot, so you may need AC, which also can dry out the air. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Uh, but you want the temperature below 70 and you want the humidity f- around 50% uh, in order to just have the best dried product and then be able to put that in to cure into jars and really maintain uh, the preserve the terp, uh, preserve the turps and maintain uh thc level and everything and and flavor and and potency all all very important
0: all right there you go uh we hope that helps you out there dan uh let, we got time for one more so let's go to tom s maybe tom selick perhaps <laughs> probably he writes uh hey guys i'm having a hard time with my clones I'm using two gallons of distilled water with a little bit of super thrive. And after eight to 10 days, I get this white mucus on the cut ends. The water temperature is 75 to 78 degrees and I'm running the misting pump 24 hours a day. I need help. This is my second try and I lost them all the first time to this ugly fungus. So what would you say to to Tom S?
1: (laughs) First off, great mustache. Uh, And love you in pretty much everything you've been in, Mr. Selleck. Uh Uh, Second off, I think it's pretty clear that the water temperature is too high in your cloner. Uh, 78 is way too high. Um, You want to be between 65 and 70. Um, 65 is really ideal. Uh, Clones really don't like uh, temperatures 75 to 78 degrees. It's just uh, too much. But if you go below 65, uh, that's going to be cold and might shock the plants um but what happens is dissolved oxygen levels decrease dramatically when the temperature is high um and that's how you get those those moldy uh ends to your clones uh you need to lower the temperature of the nutrient solution you can do this in a number of different ways uh one thing is uh the pump in the pump that's pumping inside your cloner is also adding heat because obviously it's it's heating up it's electric uh some cloners will come with a pump on the outside. That can reduce heat. Um, Also, moving a cloner out of a warm grow room under HID lighting, uh, putting it under fluorescent or LED uh, can definitely cool that water as well. Uh, If you have a dark colored reservoir, um, painting the reservoir with a lighter color on the outside will will decrease the amount of heat that's being absorbed. Um, That's why a lot of the cloners that originally came out uh, black are now coming out uh, white. Uh, but opaque white. So they're not letting light into there. Um, You may have to bite the bullet and invest in a water chiller. Uh, They come in a variety of different prices and sizes, Uh, but uh, you want one to, that you're able to just dial the temperature in exactly where you want. Um, Some people, a cheaper alternative, you can freeze two liter bottles of water, chuck them in the reservoir. Uh, Just keep in mind, that's a pretty short term solution. Um, But, you know, you can accomplish cloning in seven days or so, uh, when you're misting the cut ends. So, you you know, if you're diligent about it, you can keep the temps down that way without investing in a chiller, which can be several hundred dollars or more. So, um, it's not as accurate. Always keep uh, a thermometer in your nutrient solution so you can make sure that temperature stays at the proper level. And, uh, monitor it and make sure because your clones aren't going to live at 78 degrees in that with the water at 78 degrees. And the other thing is you said that you're, uh, misting, you're running the misting 24 hours a day. You might want to just, you know, put that on a timer. So it's, uh, you know, 40 minutes at every hour and maybe 20 minutes off or something or 30 and 30, Because I feel like 24 hours a day is just too much moisture on the cut ends in some ways. And sometimes they need to not be misted just in order to induce a little extra rooting to come out. So I wouldn't have that on 24 hours a day, but I certainly would not let those cut ends dry out. So uh, you don't want long periods of time that it's not being misted, but, uh, but you can have some breaks there and that might help as well
0: all right very good we hope that helps you out tom s uh thank you for writing in thanks to everyone who wrote in uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on the show get in touch with us once again that email is info at growbudyourself.com. why don't we take a little break come back and wrap this one up let's do it
1: Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcasts' chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back. And this is the wrap. I want to thank uh, everyone involved in the show. Uh, my co-host and producer, Mike G. Uh, thank you for make sure, you know, I don't ramble too much. <laughs> 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 and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. That sounds like to a challenge. DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Um, thanks to Christina Depache. Uh, check out Paradisogardens.com. And uh, yeah, thank you for for being on the show, we really appreciate it. Um, thanks to our sponsors, Excelsior Extracts, THC Infused Pain Relief Rub, uh Sweet Leaf Nutrients. The code there is DENKO 15 for 15% off, and uh remember the special promo as well with them. Rocket Seeds, the code there, rocketseeds.com is GBY10 for 10% off of your seeds. Organic Rev Growth Stimulant, uh, GBY10 for 10% off of that uh, to rev up your grow room. And uh, again, you can go to their website and get a free bottle as long as you pay for the shipping and handling. Um, and we can't forget vapor.com where you can use the code grow yourself 20 for 20% off everything site wide, uh, which includes a wide variety of vaporizers and other accessories, rolling papers, CBD stuff, anything you need. So if you're in the market for a Puffco peak pro, uh, which I absolutely love uh get 20 percent off with our code growbud yourself 20 um thanks to you guys for listening thanks to the patreon supporters uh we love it we're up to i think about 70 uh we got a giveaway at 100 and i got a bunch of stuff to give away so stick around and uh the playoffs have begun we are the champions so put this one in the books we will rock you